on Sagittarian Matters, it's a food extravaganza. We talk tater tot science, pickle seltzer, Monty's Good Burger, Arnold Palmer drama, and more. With my guests, Liz Prince, Beth Pickens, Chris Vargas, Greg Yeomans, Suzanne Longstreth, and friend of the show, Morgan. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the Beth Pickens is a frequent contributor to Sagittarian Matters. She is also an arts consultant and the author of Your Art Will Save Your Life. Chris Vargas is an artist, filmmaker, professor, and the founder of MAFA, the Museum of Transgender History and Art. Greg Yeomans is a writer, filmmaker, professor, and queer film historian. He's the author of the book Word is Out, Stories of Some of Our Lives. Beth, Chris, and Greg joined me to talk about Monty's Good Burger, a vegan burger joint in Los Angeles that is modeled after In-N-Out, but is entirely vegan. Now, please enjoy our talk and some tater tot science with Beth, Chris, and Greg. P.S. I need to add that I enjoyed the flavor of the kale Caesar salad, and I had a lot of fun eating it, even though the roughage was very rough. Chris Vargas. Welcome. Chris Vargas, welcome to the Sagittarian table. <laughs> Glad to be back. Uh, we are joined by Greg Yeomans. Hello. And Beth Pickens. Hello. Can you tell me, Chris, what did you just have in your mouth? <laughs> I just had a double, double burger from Monty's, good burger, and um, strawberry shake. And a fully loaded 50-50 fries tots. Oh, are you telling me that these things are all vegan? Yeah. Am oh, I yeah. to believe? You are to believe that all of that food is plant-based. Greg, what did you have? I had about the same. I shared the 50-50 fries tots with Chris. And I had a strawberry shake and a single Impossible Burger burger. I had a strawberry shake which is phenomenal. And I got an off-menu secret item called the dog pile, which is fries and tots, every sauce they have, and I think there's four, cheese, two impossible patties, pickles, and grilled onions. I, and I'm feeling every bit of it. I had dog pile, too. I shared also a kale salad oh, with our friend Jibs, and I had a strawberry shake. How would you feel about the kale salad? The kale salad was not massaged. Oh, Mas- no. no! You can't not massage Who kale salad. massaging kale in 2019? You know, I think that, like, somehow people have come around the bend where they're like, you know, like, it used to be like, oh, you're eating a garnish. You got to really work it out. But now people are, in L.A. at least, are just like, here's your fucking kale. You know what? Everyone's sick of massaging kale in this day and age, yeah. I think, at this point. But the interest... Oh, it was punitive. <laughs> it was a punitive salad. Well, you know, at the time when the massaging came into to vogue, it was that you were adding lemon juice and massaging it so that the lemon juice kind of broke down mm-hmm. the barriers of the kale and made it softer. And now I'm having a lot of kale salads that do not have the lemon juice component. And so it's just like a, it's like a brush for the stomach. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's I, I think it's harsher. I think it's like um a like a Brillo pad, but with like spikes yeah. for your stomach. Uh, one of my friends told me that in 
I think Japan, they refer to shirataki noodles as a broom of the stomach. It's a little broom. It's a, it's a little cleaner. It cleans you out. Um, okay, I would like to know some reviews. Highlights, lowlights. Strawberry shake was a highlight. Lowlight, I would say tater tots. I'm over them. I think it's a weird nostalgia for cafeteria food that I didn't really... I don't, I don't get why they're invading fry territory and being sold everywhere. And then also the potato bun on the burger was a little heavy. I'm just going to throw these out and see what people think. Okay. Those are my, yeah. The dog pile clearly is meant to be shared. I mean, when they brought it to me, they brought it with a very presumptuous two forks. That's shady. <laughs> very shady. <laughs> and I almost finished it, though, because wow. we didn't, we ate very little today so that we could go have this big meal because this is our last meal in the U.S. Yes. You know what I have to say about the your burger comment, Greg? I got the double, so I feel like the burger-to-bun ratio is a little bit better. I think, yeah, I agree. The The bun's pretty overwhelming because the patties are really thin, but if you get two of them... Yeah. Can you describe the... So we're talking Impossible Burgers. Um, can you describe the quality of the cheese, the make, the make of the cheese? It's a follow-your-heart cheese, which is a waxy American. Mm-hmm. Um... And it, it works. You know, it's shocking, actually. Because Follow Your Heart, I associate with, like, 90s, uh-huh. like, gross texture vegan cheese. But it, in this, in a fast food context, it's perfect. Beth Piggins, do you have an opinion on tater tots in response to Greg's controversial remarks? You know, I think, I think Greg's way out of line. I think tater tots are fantastic. They're, they kind of bridge, they bridge like the midday afternoon evening fry to the hash browns that we love so much in the morning. And those are good tots. Those are, they stand up to a sauce. They have a crunch, but they're soft on the inside. They're moist. It's a great tot. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Okay. Well, you got me. I didn't really think about a day-to-evening potato (laughs) option. (laughs) And as tater tots went, they were tasty. I just think, yeah, they're not really for me. And I like a fry. I like a steak fry. I don't know. This was a shoestring situation. A steak fry? A steak fry? Who are you? wants a steak fry. Are you going to love... Are you going to talk about crinkle crinkle cuts next? (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Crinkle cut? A crispy fry. A waffle? A waffle fry, a waffle fry. They're not leaning into any of this because they're doing tater tots for... Only Greg is buying Orida crinkle cuts from the (laughs) freezer section. (laughs) I want to say that there's a little bit of tater tot science I ascribe to, which is you need to cook your tater tots longer than you imagine. So 20 to 30 minutes, long enough that the outside is crispy and the inside is mushy. Like a mashed potato, because otherwise, my friend Nate says, and I believe you can taste, you can quote unquote taste the glue, that's gluing the um, the little shreds oh, of potato together. And so you'll find sometimes when you have a tater tot that's underdone, that it's quite repulsive in that yeah, way. Thank you. But those were perfectly cooked tots. Yeah. No, no, they could have been better done. I think really? mine could have yeah. been a little crunchier. Mine, mine were very crunchy. So, uh, overall, thumbs up, thumbs down. What would you recommend for Monty's Good Burger for my vegan listeners visiting the Los Angeles area? Oh, everything. I mean, for all my shit talking, it was pretty delicious. If you want to just have a coma and eat a bunch of processed, delicious diner food, yeah. And I want to go back and try all the shakes because we all got strawberry shakes, everyone at the table. And that was kind of insane because there were five other options or something. Yeah. 
I think the strawberry shake is awesome. Everything I've had there is fantastic. Um, and as we discussed, Monty's has like next level branding. They are for anybody who's like, I need to learn how to do branding. Just like look at their whole jam. They've done very well with branding. There's a consistent color scheme throughout. They have like very bold, different variations on the same visual theme of this dog. They have a lot of merchandise of the dog. A Misfits shirt, but it's Monty's. Mm, yeah. Cute. Chris? I have nothing to add. I want to say, yeah, Strawberry Shake is where it's at. Um, I would be the, that, that bitch next time and get, like, the burger wrapped in lettuce. Oh, yeah. Me you too. know? Because yeah, yeah, it's, the, the bun is overwhelming. Oh, yeah. The bun is overwhelming for a single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but still fully loaded, maybe all tots. Controversial statement. Well done. If I could, if I could ask them to do a well done tot, I've been known to ask for a well done fry. Really? Uh, yeah. You're like, ah, can I speak to the chef? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that says a. I think that says a lot about the buns because you're not even talking about Atkins or anything. You're not even talking about skipping cards. You just thought that the bun was so big that you would get it wrapped in lettuce. Mm-hmm. And then have a shake with it. Well, because I want to save myself for the other, for another more important starch. <laughs> Which, <laughs> is <know? a> <laughs> Which is a tot. Which is a tot. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for your thoughtful reviews of Monty's Good Burger. And thank you, Greg, for your uh, keeping things spicy. <laughs> Anytime. O- over and out. Wait, what did I think? Oh, yeah. What did you think? I loved my strawberry shake. I got the dog pile also. I shared it with someone, which felt appropriate. Yeah. Because it, it was so big. But I actually wanted more waxy cheese and less of the sauces. Because the sauces, to me, mixed into just one... One human glob. One glob, yeah. So, Monty's Good Burger would go back... Definitely. Real fun. Real fun. For the whole family. <laughs> yeah. Liz Prince is a cartoonist and frog lover living in Portland, Maine. She's the author of the books Tomboy... Will You Still Love Me If I Wet the Bed, Cody and the Creepies, and more. Liz joined me for a seltzer flavor ranking this week, including prickly pear and party pickle. Liz also worked as a special correspondent, interviewing the ever-charming, insightful reviewer, Suzanne Longstreth. Now please enjoy my talk with Liz Prince. So Liz, where are you and what are you tasting? So currently I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is where I grew up. It is not where I currently live. Um, And I am tasting some really interesting seltzer flavors uh, that were shipped to me by a friend from Austin, Texas, a company called Big Swig. Um, What is important to you about a seltzer? That's a good question. Um, I'm always looking for like the new interesting flavor. I've been uh, what we call in the fizz fam <laughs> for about a decade now. So, you know, I'm less excited by just like a lemon, a lime, a black cherry. Uh, one of the reasons that I really appreciate the hometown heroes polar seltzer um, from Worcester, Massachusetts is because they do like interesting summer and winter flavors and then they'll have like fun valentine's day flavors um and it used to be really crazy things like fudge ripple cheesecake Ew. and like pumpkin spice yeah irish coffee shit that was kind Ew. of disgusting but like <laughs> it was fun um 
And so Big Swig kind of uh, either intentionally or just by happenstance kind of replicated that with this uh, new line of seltzers that they put out. Okay. Let's rank them best to worst. Because I have a okay. feeling the worst is going to be the most exotic on the seltzer market. And yes. I, I do want to ask you, when you're talking about the flavor, I also want to know about the bubble. Is it a tight bubble? Okay. Is it harsh? Is it smooth? How does it feel? Yeah, um, that's a big thing for me. I don't like the overly carbonated. Like I feel like a Schweppes um, or a Canada Dry has like way more carbonation than I look for in a seltzer. Um, I think that the big swig like overall had like a pretty moderate amount of bubble Mm -hmm. uh, to liquid ratio. I appreciated that. Um, So the best flavor, which actually is not that surprising, I thought that I would probably like it a lot, um, was pineapple jalapeno. Um, And it had very, uh, you know, like direct notes of both pineapple and jalapeno. It was like you got the pineapple at the beginning and then the heat and kind of the like earthiness of the jalapeno on the, you know, like down note. It was really great. Oh, was it spicy? Yeah, it was a little bit spicy. Um, And it also had my favorite can colors. It was like a bright yellow and then like a bright green. Beautiful, like a frog. (laughs) So second best on my ranking system was probably the prickly pear cucumber. Um, I really love a cucumber seltzer. I think it's a, it's a, you know, pretty grand slam. Cucumber is refreshing. It fits with the, uh, bubbliness of a seltzer experience. Uh, prickly pear close to my heart growing up in the desert. Excited to see things that are prickly pear flavored. Uh, you get the prickly pear pretty hard at the beginning. Cucumber, uh, as it's going down. What does prickly pear taste like? Uh, it's kind of like a little bit of a sour, like fruity flavor. Mm. Um, it's hard to explain. It's like kind of citrusy, maybe. A natural cucumber can trouble me. A natural, yeah, like a not, quote unquote natural a flavors cucumber, like a bath, bath and body, bed, bath and beyond cucumber mm-hmm. kind of scent that's yeah, added that. to a beverage can sometimes trouble me. If it's an actual cucumber, if it feels like a, it's related to a real cucumber and not a laboratory, then I can get into it. I feel like it had a very real, I think all of the flavors in this were like very real, which is part of what I really appreciated about them. I mean, you can't really put like jalapeno in a seltzer and like do it fake and expect to have a good time with it. Yeah. All right. What's next? So I think next, uh, probably on almost on par with the prickly pear cucumber was watermelon mint. Mm. Um, But I felt like it didn't really have enough watermelon and it was kind of solid mint all the way through, which I don't dislike. Um, I think it's a great flavor. Makes sense in a seltzer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going down from there, we had chili mango so this is Um, we're getting to the bottom of the list we're getting towards the worst the least successful of the bunch this is the second to last right now okay uh there were five flavors this is the we're reaching the bottom of the barrel um i kind of had a feeling that i wouldn't love this one i don't love mango seltzers i don't know why i like mango 
fresh mango. I like it for real in a seltzer. I don't know. I kind of tend to gravitate less towards those tropical flavors. Um, so it's actually maybe a little surprising that I really liked the pineapple jalapeno, but I think that the jalapeno part was always going to get me to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so mango chili smelled a lot like mango, didn't taste a lot like mango, had a lot of the very bitter, like earthy flavors of red chili. I see. And that was pretty much it. So kind of tasted like drinking spicy dirt and just didn't do it for me. Okay. So if you're looking for a spicy dirt palette, that might be the right thing for you. I've definitely had people write to me and say that that's their favorite one. More power to you. They might have Uh, pica. I, la- I want all of these seltzers to be successful because I think it's a great concept. I want more people to be taking huge risks with their so- seltzer flavors. All right. Let's talk about the biggest risk um, of all, which was... So, drum roll, please. We're going to get to what I ranked the worst of the big swig flavors, uh, which was actually really surprising to me and a little bit devastating. Uh, we're talking about Party Pickle. That's right, folks. Pickle-flavored seltzer. Um, And for people who don't know my history, I'm, like, really into novelty pickle-flavored things. Uh, Pickle ice cream. I really liked when Sonic last summer had their pickle-flavored slush. I thought it was delicious. Uh, I mixed it with ice cream when I was there. I went for it. Uh, There's actually an ice cream place near my house in Portland, Maine, that has made... Uh, two different pickle flavor ice creams this summer. Wow. Great. I'm all about it. People send me pickle candy. My favorite Doritos are the Intense Cornichon from uh, Canada. They're delicious and very pickly. But it is with a heavy heart that I said that I did not enjoy Big Swig's Party Pickle. Um, It was intensely vinegary, like very, very vinegar. And... It did have a distinct pickle flavor, but I think there was something about, like, the liquidy and carbonation of it that, like, just didn't work for me. Like, I I kept tasting it and being like, maybe I'm going to catch something else. No. Are we talking, like, <laughs> sour, like, vinegar with a dill undertone? Like, what were they yes, doing to achieve pickle? just, like, reminded me of what drinking, like, carbonated pickle juice out of a jar would be like and yeah i think that for pickle novelty pickle flavored things you need to kind of give it a little bit of a sweet note for it to fly because like otherwise it's just like you're drinking vinegar Mm -hmm. and i think that for most people that's probably not a really appealing sensation Mm -hmm. um it is uh, apparently the pickle is the state vegetable of texas um Uh, according to Big Swig. And I guess I actually, I can understand that the first time I had like pickle flavored novelty item was in Austin at a snow cone place. I got pickle flavored shaved ice. Um, and that again was a bit of a disappointment because it, I, I definitely saw that they just took a jar of pickle juice and poured it onto the ice. So oh, that sounds kind of cool to me. I, it like for a second, like I, I ate like half of it and I was like, you know what? I can be into it. But at a certain point you just can't do anymore. You know, it's like your body is like, you are putting just like straight salt and vinegar into me. What is wrong with you? I see. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think that, I think that it needs that sweet component. Like that's what made the, um, the Sonic pickle slush flavor so successful to me was that it definitely tasted like pickle, but it had like this sweetness to it that like made it not weird that it was like a, you know, slush ice cream kind of thing. Okay. So this is Liz Prince, correspondent in the field for Sagittarian Matters. And my guest right now is, what's your name? Suzanne. Suzanne what? Suzanne Longstrath. Suzanne Longstrath. Yeah. And we're here to talk about this unicorn kisses seltzer. Yeah. What do you like about it? Yum, 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 yum. It's yum? What does it taste like? Bubble gum. Tastes like bubble gum? And what do you say about, what about the bubbles? Yes, please. You say yes, please? Yes. What do you say about them? Are they all popping out of the room? Yeah. Great. What color is the can? Pink. Pink. Two shades of pink, one shade of green, one shade of that um, level. And would you say it does taste like unicorn kisses? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You have any last thoughts on seltzer? Nope. Okay. Thanks for talking to me, Suzanne. Thanks. Today's episode is brought to you by Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Michelle Lemoyne, Mary Pinson, Jill Soloway, Christy Harrod, Catherine Tice, Art Dogs, and Rachel Ann Jolie. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, including producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet, like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail thank you for your support and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast producer ponyo looks forward to it too don't be scared that's just ponyo's voice Morgan is a friend to Sagittarian Matters. She's also a vegan chef and a huge fan of beans. Morgan joined me live in the restaurant to review our favorite Ethiopian place in Portland, Queen of Sheba. Now please enjoy my live dining room review of Queen of Sheba with friend of the show, Morgan. Morgan, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. You know, I love being here, Nicole. Just love it. Where are we? We're at Queen of Sheba in Portland, Oregon. Portland's best Ethiopian restaurant, 2017 people vote. Absolutely. I'm sure and then some other years as well. I'm going to say 2019 it should be if it's not. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've just ingested a, a platter that is about two feet across by two feet across, give or take. Yeah, I mean, it's a circle, so you know, you do the math, formulas and stuff. Um, this had a delicious, spongy, soury injera mm. with a little crispiness on the edge mm. a delightful and simple salad what what is that salad it's it's just like green lettuce tomatoes some thinly sliced red onion but barely 
and then lemon yeah like lemon juice like maybe that's kind of it it's so good okay we also had some mustard greens mm-hmm. two portions because nicole likes her own portion doesn't want to share I will never share mustard greens with anyone because I need the greens. They are for me. <laughs> Loves those greens. Loves them. Um, we got mushrooms, which mm-hmm. I feel is particular to this place. I love the mushrooms. It's like maybe just creamy or button mushrooms or something kind of small and round. And then in some kind of red... Bear bear. Sauce. Yum. So good. I think it's bear bear or bear bear. It's the same red sauce that's on the spicy lentils. If you've ever had Ethiopian food in your whole life, you know the red sauce on the spicy lentils is bear bear. That's the spice. You can get it pretty cheaply at an Ethiopian grocery store or sometimes even a natural food store. And just a little bit makes everything taste great. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I would have saved you more stuff. We also got yellow lentils pure delight i think they're they look like a split pea or something oh, yeah they're split pea. they're so good they're really mild but like they're kind of stewed and it's like the greens were really tangy tonight and the lentils and the mushrooms are so flavorful that it's nice to have a little you know counterbalance of a nice mellow yellow lentil mm-hmm. um the things i do not get here i do not get the delightful chickpea stew or the delight the delightful cracker stew or the chickpea paste oh i like the chickpea paste i love the chickpea paste but you guys know how i feel about a chickpea i just the delightful cracker stew i do not find delightful i don't know if i've ever had that one i think you always like nix it so i've never even <laughs> been able to share it with any so sad so so sad you try to order i corner the waitress afterwards i'm like can you just can you just erase <laughs> Just cro- you grab the pen, you cross it off the paper. <laughs> She's made a mistake. She's made a big mistake. I'm sorry. I apologize. But we're here to talk about the drink. Mm. Finest iced tea in all the land. It's true. It's so good. It's a black iced tea that has thyme added to it, fresh thyme. And it's sweetened and it's so refreshing and like herbaceous and really green, but also light. It's not like bitter at all. And, um, this sweetness is like a, it makes it such a treat and I had never had time in a sweet context until I had had it in this way and if you didn't know what it was like I think it would just be a real mystery factor like yeah. you'd be like what is this magical nose flavor that's happening Ooh, nose flavor it's almost <laughs> is it almost licorice-y like no fennel-y? everybody hates licorice don't say that because then no one's going to want to try it how do you describe the taste of thyme in a tea um i think herbaceous was pretty good yeah it's like a little not quite piney but it seems that kind of really clean kind of a little bit of sharpness but also just like aromatic there's a little bit of floralness. Mm-hmm. Dare I say floral? Go ahead. Dare, daren't I? No, I want to say this place also has ginger juice, <gasps> which you can get. Why have we never got that? Both of these things you can get at the so Fresh Pot, nice. as far as I know. But also, you can get come into this place, Queen of Sheba, and get them to go in just little plastic bottles. You can also buy like a gallon, I think, of the tea, because it's that good. But I feel like I might be tripping, but I think that they'll make you their version of an Arnold Palmer, which is their thyme iced tea with their ginger juice. Are you kidding me? I wish I had known that. I would have definitely partaken. Something you may not know is that when I was recently in New York, apparently Arnold Palmer's estate has been going after restaurants that have Arnold Palmer the drink. (laughs) Shut up. So they've been calling them and 
threatening them with infringement or whatever. And oh. so all these restaurants, like like Superiority Burger, it's like there's like so you're like looking at the drink menu and it's something called like a Palm Arner, <laughs> and you're like, what's that? And it's just an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> I feel I feel badly that this is their you know passion in life. Maybe we shouldn't take his name in vain for such a like delectable beverage. I don't know. I'm like, what's the point of you inventing a delicious beverage if people cannot give you the kudos you deserve? I I, I might go on a limb and say it smells like a money grab. It does smell like a money. Okay, grab. yeah. So then it makes me feel bad because I have like a sensitive heart. I'm like, well, maybe they need money. He's like a famous golfer. They should have invested better. Oh anyway, my God, it's my can- my Cancerian spirit is shining through. Oh, what if what if they need it, Nicole? What if this this really serious situation? That was my feeling when I wanted to use the lyrics from the Big Bopper in my book, Calling Dr. Laura. <laughs> I was like, if I just write a heartfelt letter to the Big Bopper's estate, who whichever of his children is dealing with his finances will obviously let me use his words in my comic book and then it just like i heard back from lawyers they're like oh that song's owned by three different companies and like you have to pay 500 dollars to each company for the first printing of 2000 books and then from then on it's like thousands of dollars it just was like it was like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and so what we ended up having to do was um katie davidson of dear nora helped me write the poor man's version of the Big Bopper song, Chantilly Lace. And so if you look at your copy of Calling Dr. Laura, you'll see a fake-out version, which up until the last minute was actually the lyrics to Chantilly Lace. Oh, my God, I love this. One time, my sister and I, when we were mm, probably teens, we had a job before you could even have products in tv shows or whatever it was still like not not even product placement it wasn't allowed and we had like a summer one day job where a friend was like hey you want to come get get paid to do this thing we're like yeah so they took they gave us a bunch of bottles of water and then oh it was polar springs and then they had all these labels printed up that look exactly like the labels except for it said potard springs and so we just relabeled all these water bottles so they all said Potard Springs with the exact identical image so that it wasn't actually the water bottle appearing in the thing. We're like, cool, we just got paid to like lick so many labels. It's a very L.A. summer job. It is a very L.A. summer job. This is true. Also, Morgan, is it true that you went to elementary school with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my God. You, you taught him everything he knows. Is that also true? A hundred percent. Yeah. Acting, everything. Everyone who's ever met me knows I'm a very good actor. Like, very good. Morgan, I see the people next to us are starting to order. Do we have anything else to say about Queen of Sheba before we sign off? This place is such a gem, and the nicest people own it and work here and the food is so delectable if you haven't already been here you're missing out um i think they do my favorite versions of all of these things um because i think you and i have both eaten them at many many places and this is like head and shoulders above the rest it's the most quality it's like the most consistent the most consistent for like how long you've been coming here 15 years yeah yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good, like, longitudinal study. Uh, longer. Like, almost 20 years, I think. Like, good Lord. I know. The only thing I wish they had is I wish they had some jalapenos. Oh. <laughs> Someone will be sending a letter to the editor. Oh, I do want to say, when they first got a bar, I, you've heard the story many times, but when they first got a bar and their liquor license, I saw, like, a group of weird, like, weird, like, business people, like, mm-hmm. 
it's just like a group of like weird Portlandy business people all together. And then the lady went up to order from them, and the girl was like, um, "Yeah, can we order a round of buttery nipple shots?" And, no. the, and then the waitress was like, "No." <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, who goes to an Ethiopian restaurant to order buttery nipple shots? Like, what kind of an animal? <laughs> no offense to animals. Anyway. Oh, breath. Well, we are, our, our nipples are unbuttered this evening. We're just really well fed. Dry and cracked. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Nicole. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. If you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline, 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank.